When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mic check, mic check. Check, 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 check. Mic check, mic check. There we go. <clears throat> All right. In three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. And just like I am every Sunday night going into Monday morning, I'm joined by producer Nico. Not doing a solo show. That was uh, hopefully a, a one-off. We like to We like to have somebody riding as a wingman for these things and so Nico's here with me and Nico that was a very exciting game we had the first fourth quarter scoring from the Texans this season and while it led to defeat it was at least entertaining I, I think that's what we're going for now right from these games is hey you know what at least they're entertaining yeah, I think that's the only uh, small satisfaction we can receive from that one we scored points, and it was at least fun. <laughs> yeah, it was at least fun. I mean, and, and we're going to get into all of this throughout the episode here, but, you know, this Chargers team clearly very <laughs> a, a level above the Houston Texans as far as talent is concerned, but they were able to do a couple of things, hang with them. But unfortunately for the Houston Texans, you have an interception in the first three plays of the game, and I think that kind of set the tone for this game. You have the interception that led to a quick touchdown, and then you had a, a punt, punt, then missed field goal by the Texans, and that kind of really felt like that put them out of the game for the first half. The Chargers go on to score three more touchdowns, in that, or excuse me, not three, two more touchdowns and a field goal in that half. So you had the Texans with the one touchdown, but that was a, a Damian Pierce run where he just blows past everybody. I don't know. There wasn't really any signs of life. I don't know if you count that as a sign of life. They didn't have any drives that they were putting together. They didn't have any sustenance in the offense for the Texans. As far as their bend don't break, we talked about their red zone defense and how it ranked the red zone percentage defensively ranked to the top five. We mentioned that last week. You know, it's it's really tough when you have the firepower. Herbert looked great. He looked a lot better than he did last week against the Jaguars. I know Keenan Allen was a late scratch against the Houston Texans Sunday morning, but you still have so many weapons. You have uh, Everett at tight end. You have Williams at receiver Austin Eckler he had his first touchdowns of the year and going in with the the hat trick against Houston I mean it was coming from basically everywhere the offense for the Chargers and they kept a clean pocket during this game and I know that you had in the second half the run for the Texans with uh, the 17 point run that they put on and you started to see some good things from them but 
turnovers, inability to really stay hot. I mean, again, this team with the talent deficit they're operating at, uh, the Chargers, even with some of the scratches, you had Bosa out before this game. You knew that uh, they were going to – that Keenan Allen was coming in with the injury and that he was the last scratch. Even with some of those injuries, they're still so much more talented. You have to pitch pretty much a perfect game. Too many – not only – the play selection for this game, but too many turnovers. They had a couple interceptions from Mills, and then you have negative plays where they're they're lose they have fumbles and they don't lose these fumbles, but they're starting or they're giving these drives negative plays, and then that secondary for the Chargers really giving Mills fits. I mean, you have uh, Derwin James, you have Asante Samuel Jr., you have. Jackson all in the secondary and it showed I mean they were able to play back a bit keep stuff in front of them I actually went through and tracked throughout the game the Texans had 10 pass completions five yards or under two of those went for negative yards two of those tens plays were actually negative yard pass completions 10 total were five yards or less in comparison, the Chargers had six pass plays, six completions of 20 or more yards. And so that just shows you how they're stretching the field, how they're able to torch this team. And boy, it was not even close, over 300 yards through the air for Herbert and a couple of touchdowns. And you know, as much as there was concern about this run defense going into this game, Eckler just did enough to be dangerous and keep them honest, but they didn't really, I mean, they averaged three yards a carry the Chargers as a team, and Eckler had a pretty modest game on the ground if you take away, I mean, he had a couple of touchdowns, but it was only 60 yards on the ground, so they were just slicing to ribbons the secondary for the Texans. I'll get into what I want to leave this week is I think part of the problem for the Texans but you saw when they went up against a good team they just don't have the horses to run with them the I mean I don't know if it was a timing thing they were getting to Mills a lot or if it's just the play selection or if Mills isn't accurate enough to constantly go deep but they have a lot of short plays when they're getting to Pierce and they're mixing in run and pass a lot you really like them but if they are if they feel desperate which they felt desperate in that first half everything is going wrong uh and you're starting behind the eight ball right away too when you're starting out three plays in an interception and then a touchdown three plays later for the opposition starting off behind the eight ball and then you miss the field goal maybe they are pressing a little bit but felt like nothing was clicking and when you're trying to or they they don't have the offensive line to orchestrate a lot of deep shots. And then when you're getting away from that running game, it really seems like they are struggling. Because I know that they haven't run the ball particularly well as a team this year. But clearly, they found some answers with Damian Pierce having a monster game today. Even if you take away the 75-yard touchdown, he still had nearly 100 yards rushing in another score, too. So, And they had some nice drives when you put have that 17-point stretch that they put together. You have a couple of drives uh, where you're putting together, I mean, the eight-play, 87-yard drive after a series of punts to start the the second half 
was really nice. And then five plays, 93 yards to have another score. And then after the, the fumble off the punt, then you have the field goal, which is great, but it was four plays, negative six yards was that net drive. And then you end with a field goal. So you saw that the stuff that they had working, excuse me, the stuff that they had working in the first couple of drives uh, that yielded touchdowns for them, that yielded scores for them in that second half, starting to slip away again. And it was it was a little bit of a mess. Nico, you have anything to add? Am I missing anything here? I mean, not really. This is really kind of the worst and the best the offense has performed, which is so strange. This is the same game. <laughs> Because yeah, they were, they were assembled really at Jekyll that. and hiding. The offense was <laughs> like it was it, like we got to The whole point is to get the ball down the field, and somehow we're we're throwing negative yards. We can't even get completions of five yards. Like this is like textbook. Like this is how you win games, and we're not even doing the bare basics. And then we throw together a run, and honestly, thank. Thank Lord, the Damian Pierce really showed up for us because I think people were starting to get a little bit nervous about him, but finally showing us why we drafted him. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, he gives them clearly some balance to this offense, and he's he's their best offensive player. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, if you're not playing for him, it would be interesting to see this version of this offense with the heavy dose of Damian Pierce without them playing from behind because, I mean, you get into the half, 27 to 7 I mean it's really hard to stay balanced at all and so you said them trying to take some more shot and trying to get some stuff going in the passing game early and it really everything they they do well is kind of based off of success in the running game it's it feels like and that it's going to open stuff downfield and getting safeties playing down in the box and getting guys cheating over to help with the running game is is what's going to help them find success in the passing game uh if you're playing from behind, you're not able to do that with much success. Even if they are able to cut that gap down, it's still putting a lot of pressure on your offense to have every drive be perfect if you're playing from behind. So you can't have starts like they did. You can't have the turnovers. But even without turnovers, there's still fumbles that they're recovering, but they're behind. Uh, and we'll get into the protection for Mills as well later in this episode. But yeah, just that was well said, Nico. The best and the worst from this offense. Uh, and again, you just when you don't have the talent like char the Chargers have, even close to it, because there's a lot of teams that don't have as many blue chippers as the Chargers have. But when you don't even have as close to as many, you really have to pitch a pretty perfect game. And it was de definitely far from that for the Texans. We're gonna get into the segment to start your week out love it and leave it we're also going to get to the key player of this week but first we're gonna hear from some sponsors okay everybody let me tell you all about the adventure begins comics games and more adventure stadium that's right and we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra and trading card store they have on the first floor they also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards it's awesome Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. Let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom Geek Parties. 
Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle. Are you in yet? It's time to trade in your face masks for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Coming back here, we're going to get to love it and leave it in a second here, but let's take a look at the best player of the game. Need I say more? Damian Pierce, 131 yards. I know that he had a big breakout run for 75 yards, but he still looked really good. 9.4 yards per carry. He had a touchdown, added uh, a few receptions for for 8 yards. Uh, I think that in the perfect world, He's getting 20 to 25 carries, Nico. And again, like I mentioned, when you're playing from so far behind, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. It's going to mean less running. But the drives where he was clicking, that's where the offense was clicking, I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's such a I mean, he's such a force on the field. Like it's it's clear that's where we're the direction we're at cuz he's pretty much the only thing holding us together. I mean, you take him out of this game and we're with like zero points <laughs> exactly and i know i believe i think i said i'm it's it's like guys you gotta forgive me i think i said that he scored twice and that was rex burkhead that scored the other touchdown for the running gra- the running back group uh the one touchdown he had was on that 75 yard run but i mean he, he just he's very solid and reliable he's a good between the tackles runner when you get him out uh in space out on the on the edge or if you're able to get him into that second level he kicks into another gear he's he's great and so i i know that it can blow things out of proportion a little bit when there's going to be somebody this week that tweets out you know if you just hand damian pierce the ball more uh he was averaging nine over nine yards of carry and it's like well i get that you can come back and say it's obscured by a long run, but overall he still looked really good running the ball and he still I mean he still had like sixty yards on the ground for thirteen carries. Uh which is what Eckler had in this game, plus that he busted out a big run, which is that uh explosiveness that you want from your running back. I, I thought he had a great game and I again I just think 
this offense only gets better if they give him the ball more. Yeah, and once I feel like once we figure out any other offensive tool, like, it'll really open up this team. But as of right now, <laughs> we don't have much. Do not have much. All right, let's get to love it and leave it. So the thing I loved from this game was that fight in the – I don't know how you want to label this. I'm going to say the, the fight late in the game to find – Fourth quarter scoring for the first time. I mean, again, they're outscored. I believe it's 30-0 to zero in fourth quarters going into this game to find 10 points in the fourth quarter. I know that it's in a losing effort, but I think that's still huge to be able to close out a game and put together some functioning drives in a sec- late in the second half and-, and score in the fourth quarter to try and get yourself back into this game is huge for a team that clearly has its struggles. I'm hoping to see that in other games because, again, I know the the final score is, is a 10-point spread, but you talk about how they cut this down to a three-point game, still hanging around, and they've managed to do that now for four straight weeks where they're hanging around, and there were big portions of this game in that first half where it looked like they were going to get absolutely boat raced throughout this game, but able to hang around, able to keep things interesting and try and make a push for the win, unfortunately, sitting at 0-3-1. They still haven't found a way to close out and win, but they still make a push to try and fight for these games, and I think that's grit that... I don't know if you can, if you keep losing. I don't know if you can keep getting that kind of grit and effort from a team, but to have that right now is still... It says something about the coaching, and while there's definitely some coaching problems across this roster, across the way they approach a game script and how they act throughout a game that part is something i think you can hang your hat on don't you think nico oh absolutely and you know once we get some more things ironed out i mean at least we've broken the curse at least we aren't zero for nothing in fourth quarters coming back from the the most cowardly kick in the universe <laughs> uh i think that you know Going forward, building that you know grid up, you like you're like we understand we're gonna lose games. Like we're basically a new, a brand new team, brand new roster. So like this is this is this is a, a stepping stone. This is only a moment in time as of right now. So we have the future to look forward to. But man, it's you gotta get through it first. You gotta get through it. Speaking of getting through it, this is something that I would like to leave in the past. This is something I would like to leave in week four and get through the offensive line troubles. It's been something that's kind of hampered the uh, the Texans all year long. It's been there, and I, I, part, I know that we're probably pretty squarely. It's, it's funny scrolling through some of the comments on the game thread for, on Battle Red blog. A lot of the early game thread notes were uh, different fans, like, posting the the stat line that CJ Stroud had for Ohio State which I thought was pretty uh pretty amusing pretty funny uh but I know that we've kind of come to this place of you know what Davis Mills probably isn't the guy and some of it is that he has a propensity to uh, be a little inaccurate he has a propensity to just automatically take the check down some of that though is his protection in this offensive line which we noted going into the season how it's going to be a shaky group that doesn't have depth and oh my goodness we've seen it against these early teams but against 
uh, a charge. Even, even without Bosa, heaven forbid, if Bosa was in this game, Mills might not have made it out. But even without Bosa, still able to get after the quarterback. They had four sacks, 10 quarterback hurries, and they also had six tackles for loss. So they were constantly pressuring the quarterback. It, there's got to be a way, and maybe this helps if there's more running. Again, you can't help getting away from that a little bit if you're down bad early. But the play action, something, I, I don't know what it's got to be, but there's they need to do something, maybe have more tight end sets to, to chip at players. Or I, I don't know what it's going to be, but they've got to do something because he felt like he was under duress all the time. That's something I hope they leave. Nico, I don't know if they can leave it in week four, though. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been an issue. I mean, even plaguing the old the old regime. I mean, even when we had our our old head coach and Bill Belichick, our our not Bill Belichick. Oh my God, um, I'm forgetting his name. What's his name? My Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. There you go. Uh, that we. <laughs> I got you. It's late. Uh, <laughs> like our our O line has been pretty rough for the past like four or five years honestly uh i mean trading for tunsil is like the best thing that we could do and their whole line is still not great <laughs> so i mean it's gonna yeah, be a I problem think. that we're, it's i guess only gonna hopefully improve with time but it doesn't help the already shaky davis mills yeah and if you yeah I, and you're looking at the the tight ends i mean it's not like you're going to carve guys up with uh, with O.J. Howard and Jordan Aikens, but maybe bring in more tight ends and you can play action, have them running down seams off play action and stuff like that to try and get your passing game, get guys in there so you're not automatically signaling, hey, we're running the ball when we're bringing in more guys, but also having more guys on the field so you can go from pass to run, run to pass, uh, stuff like that. I don't know. You just... They need help, and they need to they need to start addressing this with their scheme because these linemen just aren't going to win their one on one matchups, uh, let alone if teams are, are blitzing or bringing in stuff from different areas. So that's something I'm hoping they leave in week four. Not super optimistic though. Uh, before we wrap things up, Nico, is there a silver line that you're taking out of this? I mean. I guess the fact that you were able to cut it to three, even though, because even, even then, I mean, the chargers come down, have just a very well put together drive to put this game away in the fourth quarter. Uh, and there was clear, I mean, when they started that drive, it just felt like there was nothing they could do about it because there was nothing they could do about Herbert in the passing game all game long. He finished with 340 yards and two touchdowns with Mike Williams Big receiver finishing with 120 yards. Heard that story before. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was any way they were stopping. Even on the fourth down uh, play to, to Eckler, where he turns into a 21-yard catch and run. Just didn't feel like there was any any answer that they had. And so cutting it close was, was the best they could hope for. Yeah, and the having – I mean, like we, we've talked about how every game has been like – just kind of tooth and nail and unfortunately uh, those were against bad teams so I think when we get when we're running up against these these teams with like more like obviously better offenses like we're not playing against the worst quarterback in the league um but it's 
it's nice to see that like at least we were able to put up you know actual offensive numbers. This is the highest scoring game of the season so far, <laughs> which is I mean like again, the smallest of silver linings I'll take. Yeah, especially this next month with the opponents they have. Like I said, it's going to be until the Giants game that they're facing a team that they could actually have a shot at beating. So staying frisky in this game, it's maybe the most that you can hope for going forward, staying frisky in these games when you're playing teams like uh, like the Eagles or even the Raiders. I mean, that's going to be a must-win game for the Raiders because starting out 3-0, all of these games are going to be must-win games, and that's, that's still a good team despite the record. So it's going to be some tough games ahead, and you grab what silver linings you can. All right, thanks so much for joining us. I'm getting out of here. Producer Nico, Colt Molesky, thank you so much for joining us. And make sure that you're subscribing to the Battle Red Radio Show wherever you're listening to this podcast, as well as going and checking out the Battle Red blog. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have content throughout the rest of the week, so make sure you're coming right back here for more on the Houston Texans. <laughs>